everybody, this is Monica from the Guardian Scholars Program at CSU Bakersfield. I'm really happy to be back here with you today. We have not recorded in probably about two weeks, so we're kind of getting um, warmed up again. Today is August 13th. We are getting ready for the beginning of fall semester 2020, and we're going to be doing that remotely. So we're still practicing all of our remote outreach. Um, getting ready to teach and, you know, and be educated remotely. And this is new for us. So again, thank you guys for tuning in and being here today. I'm here as usually as usual with my awesome Guardian Scholars team and my student assistants, and I will let them introduce themselves to you. And then we'll talk about who we have on as a guest today, because we're really excited to have them here. So assistants, inform us, who are you? How are you doing? Well, my name is Erica, and I'm in charge of the fitness and wellness portion of the Guardian Scholars Program. I'm currently in the credential program to become a high school PE teacher. I got this year left, and then hopefully I get picked up somewhere. And yeah, that's me. Good to see you, Erica. I missed you. I, I missed just talking to you, so we'll, we'll catch up later, but thank you for being here today. <laughs> hey guys, it's Ashley Trent from GSP. I am a human bio major and I'm currently a junior. Um, I'm in charge of social media, so the posts that you see on Instagram are pretty much for me. Thank you, Ashley, for being here. And I have to say, Ashley is our social media and content guru. And check out our Instagram feed because she's doing an amazing job. It, it looks professional. And she is really professional about it. So Ashley, thank you for that work you do for us and thank you for being here today. And I also have the pleasure of introducing today's guest to you. Um, he and I have known each other for a few years now because we work together in the English Composition Department under Dr. Flockman. And we have with us today, Jacob Whitaker, who is the coordinator for the CSUB Writing Resource Center. And we're super excited to have him here. He's a really interesting person and does great work for all of the students, tireless work, to be honest, because running the Resource Center for writing is not easy. But Jacob, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you came to Cal State Bakersfield. Are you Bakersfield native? Like, give us all the details. We want to know who you are. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me, everybody. Um, like Monica so kindly introduced me, uh, my name is Jacob Whitaker. Uh, I am the Writing Resource Center coordinator here at CSUB. Uh, I also coordinate uh, all of the content-specific tutoring centers here on campus and uh, supplemental instruction and early start. And in addition to that, uh, when I have a little bit more time, uh, like Monica, I teach uh, composition, uh, research and writing, and intro to literature here at CSUB. Uh, that's what got me started here at CSUB. Um, I am not a Bakersfield native, but I am a Cal State Bakersfield alum. Uh, I received my master's degree here at Cal State Bakersfield. Uh, I spent most of my life in LA County um, and uh, I got drawn back to uh, being at working for the Bakersfield students because I like you guys so much. And that's honest, honest to God because I've taught in LA County, I've taught in Ventura County and I found myself coming back to Bakersfield. Um, I'm a first generation uh, college student, uh, first in my family, and that really drew me into what, what you all are doing uh, with the Guardian Scholars, uh, because I remember way back in the day, uh, as a, a high school student, and not a very good high school student either, 
uh, asking my counselor, what should I do? And she telling me uh, that maybe college wasn't for you, Jacob. And so uh, I said, okay, uh, college isn't for me. And so I didn't go to college. And uh, eventually the recession hit and uh, I just kind of worked my way into it and went into this very scary world of higher education, which for so many of our students, there's so many things that kind of block us from from being in higher education and succeeding in higher education. Yeah. Uh, so that became a passion for me to come in and to try and fix that in, in any way that I can. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, in addition to that, I have two kids who will probably pop in at some point. Uh, my son, especially, uh, he knows that I'm I'm podcasting with women, and I see another child there. Uh, yeah. So I, I totally understand that part. Um, so I'm glad this is this is pretty loose because he'll probably come in and say hello at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Well, we welcome all unexpected little guests. We are we are really open to a real podcast experience where we are not in the studio. This is not super overly rehearsed. We have a loose outline and our little guests pop in all the time. That's Maverick. You know, you see on the screen, that's Erica's son. And, um, well, my sons are too small to pop in, but my dogs, you know, frequent the podcast. So you might see them or hear them. <laughs> One of them's on the bed behind me. And so, you know, we welcome all interruptions because we're just at home trying to do our best and work really hard and get information and inspiration out. And that is the focus of our podcast is just to keep our students informed, keep ourselves inspired, hopefully inspire others and, you know, offer the resources that we have here on campus and off campus in as interesting way as possible. So thank you. Thank you for being here again, Jacob. I'm excited. And thank you for sharing all that information with us. I had no idea about any of that in terms of your background that we are all first generation students here, myself included. And I love the connection that you made between yourself and your academic experience and EOP and Guardian Scholars Program because we deal primarily with first-gen students. And I'm not sure if you knew this, but also with students who have experienced homelessness or students who were in the foster care system for any length of time in their, in their lives. So um, I know you and I have talked about that before, but that's a little bit of you know, background about just how much we probably have in common. So thank you. I love that we're making that connection between our program and the resource center. Absolutely. And I think it, for me personally, it was uh, one of the, the big clicks for me and what really drew me to working with you, Monica, in the past and what we've talked about. Right. It's, uh, I remember, so my dad was uh, a maintenance worker his entire life. Uh, so he, you know, he had no experience with higher education. He said, it's important that you do this. Um, but he you know, when it came to actually doing the things and standing up to a particularly nasty high school counselor or doing well in college, I, I, he wanted to help, but he didn't have that help. He didn't have that support. And I think I thought about that when I started getting into education was what about the people who, you know, are not only first generation students as well, but their entire family only speaks Spanish. And so, you know, there, there's, there's all these additional gatekeepers and barriers for our students. And that drives me nuts. I, I think we've had personal conversations, Monica, where we're like, what do we do, you know, and how do we fix this? So yeah, I, absolutely. I want to get all these resources out to as many students and make them as comfortable as possible with being yeah. a part of this process because it is their process as well. 
Right. And I don't mean to like, you know, put the focus entirely on high school counselors because we have some wonderful high school counselors out there who push students into higher ed who never thought they had any kind of chance of going to college, much less a four year, to be honest. But I had the same exact experience. I won't say what high school, but if you maybe listen to the podcast, you know, but it was many, many years ago. And my high school counselor told me the same thing. Like, I don't think you're cut out for college. And my dad and my mom, who were both educated maybe up to eighth grade in the high school graduation, both were like, no, you're going to college. And you may not know how, but you're about to figure this out. And we may not know how to help you, but you're about to figure this out. <laughs> because if we know one thing, you are resourceful. Because first-generation students, I can say we are some of the most resourceful people there are because we don't have answers. And once we get over the fear of asking questions, we become resourceful very, very quickly. And I think that's one of our, our talents and our, our traits. And I value that very much about myself and all the people that I work around. And the two young women who are here with us today are some of the most resourceful, self-teaching, self-learning young people I've ever been around, which is why I recruited them to work with me. So I'm excited. You're in great company with them today. And I'm, again, you know, <laughs> glad we're having this conversation and being so open about it. Thank you, Monica. That means a lot. It means a lot. Thanks, Ron. We'll get to you guys in a second. Um, so Jacob, let's start with just some basics, okay? Because we're going to pretend for a second that uh, we don't know our audience at all and, and they don't know us or your resource center at all. So tell us what the nuts and bolts of the Writing Resource Center are. How does it work? Where are you? Does it cost us anything? What do you offer? Like, just tell us about what you do and your team. We want to get to know your team as well. Absolutely. My favorite thing, just like you, I love talking about my team. Uh, they're the ones uh, who make things work. And whenever we get credit, it's them. It's 100% them. Um, and so the Writing Resource Center is uh, is a facility on campus. It, uh, it offers support with any kind of writing that you're doing for any kind of class. Uh, in fall 2019, we helped with assignments for over 220 different courses. Uh, so, you know, we, chemistry, nursing, English, everything that you can think of. And we're, what we're there for is to help you with every single step of the process as much or as little as you need. Uh, so we have students who come in who are worried about talking to their professor for some reason, which I don't ever recommend. Always talk to your professors. Uh, but they say, I don't really understand this assignment. Uh, and we kind of put it in context for them and we, we help them understand the assignment. Uh, if you're writing a paper, we can help you outline or create something from scratch. If you've already written a sentence and you're like, is this a good sounding sentence? We'll help you with that. There isn't a problem too small or too big for us to tackle. Um, the, the services are completely free for CSUB students. Um, so there's, there's no reason to not come in. Um, we take appointments, we take walk-ins, you can come in multiple times a day. We want to help you wherever you're at. If you're cramming for a paper due for, for Monica's class the next day, uh, we can help you with getting everything sorted. So you turn in the best product possible. Um, our physical location, uh, right now, uh, Obviously, we're not there, but hopefully soon we'll be back there. 
but our physical location, uh, we're in the Admin East building, room 105, which if you know where EOP is, uh, we often get confused for each other and we have to guide where the other person is. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're next, yeah, we're right next to each other. So we go, yeah, it's right over here. And we walk the people over and, and say hello. Um, but uh, that's over by the, the financial aid office and uh, by the cashier's office when we're physically on campus. And virtually we're offering, we're gonna have an always on Zoom meeting for fall and for as long as we're virtual. So students can pop in and then get a private one-on-one -on -one session with, um, with a tutor to help them with their writing, regardless of, of where they're at and in the process. Uh, we help with speeches, we help with um, resumes. If you need to put together a resume for a job and you've never done that before, we can help you with that, doing a cover letter for a job. Uh, in fact, I've had, uh, my tutors have told me that students have come in because they're uh, one of the people coming in wants to write a particularly nice DM to a person they like, or a particular a nice letter to somebody that they're interested in. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're here to help you with anything. You know, and that's probably the most fun part of the job. You can match your virtual matchmakers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then you just have to keep coming back so that the when you're when you're talking that you, you right. good process. But right. Yeah, we're 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 here for you, uh, regardless of what you're doing when it comes to writing. Um, so yeah. That's amazing. Um, does it cost anything? I don't know if you mentioned that, but it's absolutely free. Um, it's, it's paid for with your student fees. Um, that's how we keep the lights on. Um, and uh, the, um, yeah, completely free. Uh, there's no charge to make appointments. There's no charge to do walk-ins. Um, and when we're physical and you're working with somebody, you can come print when you come into our center. Um, so we've got a lot of resources there for you. Well, it's a computer lab too. So if you, if you, want, uh, if you want to work on a computer, um, away from home, uh, you can do that there uh, as well. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about who works with you. I don't even want to say for you because you work really collaboratively like myself. Yeah. Um, we all, we like to feel like we're part of a team. I think that's part of the nature of being an instructor as well. So tell me about your team. Like, who are they? Where do they come from? Um, sure. So uh, our collaborative effort is is important, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm not I'm not like if we get busy. I've been known to jump in to help uh, students with tutoring as we get busy and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's all about the team. It's all about my team, and uh, we have ten wonderful uh, tutors in the Writing Resource Center. Um, I'm going to shout them all out because that's how much I like them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Adriana, uh, is, uh, is a returning tutor. She's been with us for a couple of years. Uh, she has a career goal of teaching English to, uh, non-English speakers. Uh, so she's kind of figuring out where in the world she wants to land eventually. Um, but, uh, she's a Spanish speaker as well. Uh, so that was really important for me to bring in people who have that background. Yes. Um, uh, Steven, uh, is, uh, You'll know know him by his hair. Uh, he's got really great hair. He's got uh, not a, not quite as good as Erica's, but uh, he's got a he's got a regular mohawk that he dyes based on the season. So he'll have a Christmas mohawk. He'll have a Thanksgiving mohawk. Things like that. Um, he came from Bakersfield College, so any of our community college transfer students, he understands the process of coming from somewhere else and coming to here. Um, yeah. 
which is, you know, I, I also relate to that. And I think a lot of our students do. I, I transferred from a community college and it was yeah. one of the best experiences of my life. Um, so yeah, we're here to help with that process as well. Um, Marlene uh, is a returning tutor and she's my, uh, she's my go-to uh, translator, interpreter. Uh, we've started sending all of our messages from the Writing Resource Center out in English and Spanish. Um, and she's uh, a fluent Spanish speaker and wants to be a high school teacher as well. Um, and so uh, she's, she's great for kind of supporting people who are coming from a perspective of, you know, I think in Spanish and I need to write in English. Can you yeah. help me with this? Yeah. Um, uh, who else do we have on staff? We have, uh, we have two Kristens, uh, Kristen, uh, Kristen P and Kristen V. Uh, Kristen P also came from Bakersfield College and she was a communications expert. So if you're writing speeches for classes, she can help you with that. Uh, Kristen V works in our SRC uh, when it's open. Uh, and so uh, she, uh, she knows a lot about uh, stuff over there as well. Uh, and she's a psych major. Um, so she's a, a APA through and through. She can help you with that stuff. Uh, they've taught me a lot about the different citation styles that I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> I like Chicago, American antiquity style, things that I've never heard of in my entire life. And they, they, they know them and uh, they've got them through and through. Um, we ha also have a, a pair of twins. Uh, Monica, I know you've worked with them before. Yes. Uh, Bailey and Sydney, uh, they are the ultimate citation experts. They, they do it for fun, I think. I know. Like, <laughs> They go out and find new citation styles to learn about and train the other tutors on. Um, and they love, uh, they love working with people. They have, they, all of our tutors do, but they have a really sensitive style. Uh, they never want you to feel judged and they, they're, they're really good at supporting you through your processes. Um, and they were psych majors, psych English double majors when they were in undergrad. Right. So they, they, they've, got a, they've got a wide perspective of stuff. Um, Susan came over from Bakersfield College. She is fluent in Spanish and she works in the library at Bakersfield College. Mm -hmm. So understanding how to use a library, uh, yeah. she can help you with that stuff. Uh, um, and uh, Anna is um, uh, our science major on staff. So if you're writing something for chemistry or biology or whatever, uh, she can be a good support system for that. And uh, Zeltzin is our newest hire. She uh, was an English psych, she's an English psych double major. Uh, and she's presented on uh, conferences for psychology and does a lot of creative writing and publishing in the community as well. Um, and she's fluent in Spanish. So we've got a really diverse staff and we've got a lot of people who their biggest thing is to come help you. That's one of the things I noticed whenever I first was in there is that there was high diversity and it really helped with everybody who was coming in because everybody does come from a different background. So yeah. I did notice that we did meet the needs when it came to that in the writing center. Like that was one of the first thing I noticed when I walked in was like, okay, there's hope for everybody here. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, when, I, when I came into it, that was something that I really wanted to see is how do we get people in here that look that not only can help, but look like the people that they're helping, because that is, it's a big intimidation factor for a lot of students coming in. Like when they come in and talk to somebody is, does this person understand them? And does this person come from the same world that they come from? And you know, that, that I think helps bridge the gap a little bit for, for, for providing those services. That's really important. And I, I, like Erica, love the diversity that you have in the Writing Resource Center. 
I love that you've been really thoughtful in your hiring practices and in the way that you've tried to steer the center to be more inclusive. And not that it wasn't before, but English in general, writing in general intimidates a lot of people. And so for you to break down that wall, even visually for people and offer a variety of just spirits and energy, you know, like energy in the Writing Resource Center, I think has been really important. And also, Jacob, I love how you light up when you're talking about your team. And I can tell like you have a real love and respect and admiration for them, their backgrounds, what they bring to your work and to Cal State in general. So I, I just can see it. I can hear it in your voice. And, and I respect that and can really relate to that. Yeah, right back at you. I can tell that you, 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 the staff that you put around you, like it means something to you, the people that you have around you. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, they'll, they'll never do anything that I wouldn't do myself. And the problem is they keep raising the bar of that so that I have to keep doing more. God. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, in the, they get into this, you know, like in education, anything in education, it's, it's, to help people out and to help the people across from you. And I really feel like the group that we have now just across the board is there to help the students that come in and talk to us. Absolutely. Let me just, let me digress for one second because Please. you mentioned a couple of things about how, you know, the different ways that you help people and how you have experts on citation um, styles and, you know, different, different kinds of things where you said people come in, they don't know how to do this. My question to you is, do you ever have instructors who come in and need help? Uh, because you mentioned you are taught by the twins, for example, about different citation styles. And these are things that we don't know. When you're an instructor, you don't know everything about everything. You know probably how to go find the answer but I want to know if like any professors ever sneak in there and are like, Hey, can you look at this? Or, Hey, can you help me with this? Cause I don't have the answer to this. A hundred percent. We actually had uh, uh, professors come in and we have a whole process to, of like putting in a, a student ID number. So um, that you get your credit for coming in. If you need credit for coming in, things like that. Right. And uh, the professor said, I don't have one of those. Uh, right. <laughs> I need help with creating an abstract for this grant I'm trying to get funded. And uh, so it, it's uh, to, to put uh, generally, um, and to put this into kind of perspective for our students, and I think our students find that like, um, it's a bad thing to go and get help a lot of time. And it's something that they like, it, it's a it's an admission of weakness, or it's a failure or, or whatever. Uh, and no, we get grad students we get we've gotten uh we have a doctoral program here in education at CSUB and we've had those students come in um right. and we've had professors come in it's you know it's yeah there's no judgment like yeah uh, maybe toss us some of that grant money if you get it but you know we'll, um, <laughs> or bring us some snacks <laughs> or something yeah. do something yeah no I love that and and I also like to kind of you know, pull the veil away from the fact that people who have achieved certain levels in academia and higher education know everything and that we stop needing help. And I think one of the wonderful things about the CSU system, specifically Bakersfield, is that we don't come in feeling like we are the know-all of anything. We come in with this attitude of let's learn together. 
let's be lifelong learners. Let's continue to create and to evaluate and to analyze things and let's let's continue learning together and I feel like we really have a staff and faculty like that at CSU Bakersfield and I'm very grateful to be a part of that and you know we have a lot of staff and faculty who listen to our podcast and we want to let them know that if they need help or they're insecure in an area or want to continue learning in an area go in and be supportive and receive the help and the support and the encouragement and information that they need as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move on a little bit to writing in general, because I don't know about you as an instructor, but usually when I tell people that I teach English composition, research, intro to lit, all those things, the first thing they say is, oh, I hate English. I hated that class. I get that more frequently than not. And so I feel like Hold on one second. Okay, great. Sorry, sorry. One of those, you know, my guests, my, my husband popping in. Um, I feel like when I get that response, it's because um, people don't quite understand how important or how cross-disciplinary that writing can be and is. So tell us a little bit about how you feel writing helps students in school, in life, in their careers. Um, give us some of your insight. And Erica and Ashley, if you want to jump in on this as well, you're welcome to. But tell us what writing does for us. Sure. I, I have the flip side of that story. When uh, my, my partner and I were first talking, uh, you know, texting back and forth, uh, she was writing these really perfect, like, verbose sentences with lots of words and all these different things and then when we, we we were meeting in person it was like a very different person a very energetic quick and and that's the person that I liked more and I said why do you write like that and she said well you said you're an English professor and I said yeah I don't care about that like I don't like that's not what I'm that's not what I'm here to here to see um and I just from um the, from what I do in my own classes and kind of how I do in tutoring sessions as well, uh, writing is a skill and not a very, uh, not a skill you practice very much in terms of what we call academic writing, which I'll put in these giant air quotes for the people listening. Right. Um, and the, the thing is, like, if you think about it, and I can ask Ashley and Erica, how long have you been writing research papers for your classes? Since like, it started college. Started college, okay. Pretty so, much. two years, Erica. I would say since freshman year of high school. Okay, that's so, when it started. So eight years, maybe eight or nine years. You know, so with. Erica's like, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all forty years. <laughs> it's not a. It's a. It's a. It's a nondescript amount of years, but it's something that that you that you're uh, that you or so you have to practice like any other skill and it's something that you probably haven't practiced just because of the nature of the world that, that yeah. you but yeah. writing exists in so many different ways and understanding what you're reading and and how to uh, put those things out there is a part of your day-to-day -day life and so one of the things that I try to bring into all of my classes is something called code meshing and putting these different uh, parts of you together so that to make a, a, a more complete product because 
I'll admit to this too. Um, when I was in college, uh, what I tried to do when I was writing was I tried to match how the professor sounded, or I yeah. tried to match what the professor wanted. And that mm -hmm. sucks. Like it is the worst. And it is, it drains you because it, it's not who you are. Right. Um, and so what does writing do for you if you look at it from a perspective that's kind of outside of creating essays for your classroom? That's important, sure. Um, but you think about it like every single day when you're, you're out in the world, you're faced with writing, you're facing, faced with arguments. Uh, every every um, ad that you see on the internet, every, uh, every what are those things called uh, on the side of the road, uh, billboard. Every billboard is is writing something with the intention of getting you to believe something. Um, and so that's kind of the focus that I put in these classes. What I want you to do and how a writing should apply to your life in general is you're creating stuff that expresses who you are to the rest of the world. Um, and so what I do in my own classes is I have my students pick something that they care about something that really matters to them and something that they want to see change in the world around them. Um, so this has been stuff like um, the Black Lives Matter movement, police brutality. Uh, you know, I banned marijuana usage in my class because it was it was every paper pretty much. But, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you care about <laughs> with that exception. And what I want to do by the end of the semester is not only have you be able to write a paper about it, but also be able to argue about your uncle with it over Thanksgiving. Right. I want you to be able to formulate these ideas. And that's what writing can do. That's what good writing can do. It can come into your life and affect everything that you're doing and how you interact with everybody. Right. Right. Absolutely. I know writing for me was always like a release of emotion. So I always instead of being able to verbally talk about how I felt about things, I would always find myself writing it down. And then like I would have to like throw it away. And then that would be like my release, you know, of whatever was going on in my life. So it's like for writing, it's always meant you know, it was more of a, a physical release for me and emotions that I can't ever verbally say, yeah, absolutely. you know, so. Yeah. And I really like the points that you're bringing up because I feel like whenever people think or hear the word writing, we automatically think English, but it's not just English. It's in our everyday life. Like I go to work and I write emails and being in the Writing Resource Center has helped me like format those emails and like really think how professional I have to be as well as like writing a paragraph to my mom or, you know, writing to a friend and especially talking, like learning what you guys have taught in the tutoring center, the Writing Resource Center has helped me like give speeches and stuff like you said. Like it's not just English, it's, it's everywhere. Writing is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, the tip that I give to, to students a lot and um, because really what you're doing when you're writing is you're translating something you're thinking and putting it into words that you can put on the page. It's, it's, it's a different process. It's not just an automatic thing. It requires some translation. And when uh, I bring up the, how long have you been writing for? Cause I bring that up with in parallel with how long have you been speaking for? How long have you been talking for? Uh, and you've been speaking the majority of your life. And what you'll find is that when you speak, and I swear this is true, that when you speak, you speak in grammatically correct sentences, whether you realize it or not, in Spanish, in English, whatever. And I, I find when students get frustrated with, how do I write this? How do I put this down? I ask them, just tell me how you feel about it or tell me what you think. And what they end up doing is saying, okay, 
I can just write that down. And yeah, like, you know, 99% of the time, what you're saying can just fit on the page. And so that's a part of your process. It's, it's a part of like everything that you do. And I think part of the process of writing slash communicating, right? Because that's what we're doing. We're communicating and we do that in many different ways every single day, no matter where we are. But I think that part of that is admitting to oneself that it's okay to need help with that. It's okay not to know where every punctuation mark should go. It's okay not to know or not to be able to read your work and, and decide for yourself whether you have some run-ons going on or maybe your organization needs to be a little bit tighter or maybe what you perceive as a flaw is actually your style and that that's okay too. And like you say, finding your voice as a writer, as a student, as a thinker, right? And not seeking to replicate the style of the person who's, you know, transferring information, teaching you, challenging you, that we don't have to replicate that. We should find our own. And I know that sometimes in undergrad, we feel insecure in doing that, or we feel like maybe we've been judged in the past based on a number of different things. But I think that breaking that down for ourselves and knowing that it's okay, that that's continued learning and that's expected and that's exciting is much different than we're flawed as communicators, that we're learning and we're growing and we continue to do that. And like you said, Jacob, I love when students find their writing voice. Um, I love when I'm communicating with somebody and they throw in an F word because, you know, not in a paper, but, you know, but like when we're communicating because that's who they are and it's part of their language. And maybe that doesn't belong everywhere, but, you know, when they're not wound so tightly because of what you do or what I do or because my students are educated, becoming educated, degreed, seeking degrees, that's just being real. Yeah. And I, I love that part of language and communication and when people let themselves be seen. I think that's really yeah. powerful. It's funny you say that because Monica was actually my uh, first English professor at CSUB and now she's my boss. <laughs> but in the beginning, whenever I would like write her or anything, I felt like I had to be very professional. I was going back and rereading what I had to say to her because I know she was my English professor. And then like a lot of times, like I cannot spell, like my spelling's terrible to the point spell check cannot help me. And so like, I would have to change the word because I literally just couldn't spell it, you know, but it was because it was Monica. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't have to use all these huge vocabulary words to be speaking with her. Like she's my friend, you know, and I got to use my personality when speaking to her, but it was intimidating at first, you know, because she was my English professor at first. Like that's how I met her. So, I mean, it's crazy how it, it transforms over time, you know, and the relationship, you know, transfers too, but now I'm more open and I can express myself without feeling like everything has to be precise and correct. And right. gosh, so, better, doesn't it? And like, yeah. so much better. And, and the thing is, is you probably make better claims and you make better, uh, better arguments and things like that. Speaking in Erica, you know, as right. opposed to speaking in this <laughs> Yeah. Erica can, argue, Erica can argue anyone under the table for real. <laughs> Unintentionally, but yes. Not easy to argue with. <laughs> I always tell um I always tell my friends that it's more enjoyable writing an essay when it's like coming from your point. But I wanted to ask for some advice because I know sometimes teachers have like a strict outline of how they want a paper written. So how do you make a paper like that your own? Like how can you Sure. Do you have any advice for that? Yeah, that's not easy. Um, and it's it's one of those things where I think when you dive into it and say, how do I feel about this? How do I respond to these things? What um, 
you don't have to you don't have to quiet your own voice to fit into those outlines. It's it's about making those outlines work for you. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have a very strict outline, like, like let's say for uh, for a scientific paper, and you need to you need to provide evidence for these different things, so it's very strict and by the numbers throughout all of this. Um, what perspective do you have coming into this? What do you think is applicable about this to the outline? What do you think about your with what your own experiences with working in this class? How does that apply to what you're doing to this outline? you shouldn't limit to who you are for those things just because it says you have to get these specific things on the page. I hope yeah, that-, that makes a lot of sense. No, that does help because I know people see the outline and I'm like, well, just write it on your perspective. And they're like, but how do I do that? So you got to do some critical thinking, think about where you stand and try to make it your own in that way. Yeah. That makes sense. And so yeah, another thing that we can do, and this might be more work, but easier work, I suppose, is put down the information that responds to the outline how you would put it down on the page. Mm-hmm. Like, and then when you actually go to the outline, say, okay, this is what fits into here and this is what fits into here and then make that work from there. Um, but yeah, don't, don't limit yourself. Don't, don't quiet the Ashley inside or the Ashley's friend inside to, to get <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Um, okay, we're going to wrap up this portion of our podcast with some final thoughts and then we have a couple of fun things to do with you Jacob so stand by I wanted just to ask you first of all do you have any final thoughts about the writing resource center you want to leave with us yeah I I think um one of the things just to to hammer home is that we have seen writing of all styles we've seen students of all levels and there is never a thought going through my tutor's minds about, wow, this paper is really bad, or wow, this paper is really good. Um, What we're trying to do in our sessions with our students is to help students where they are. And it's it's never about, you know, uh, this person's getting an A or this person's getting a D. It's like, okay, what is on the page and what can we help with? Um, and a big thing is one of the things that we, we talked about earlier is inclusive, inclusivity and equality in our, uh, in our center. We want you to feel like you belong because you do. Uh, you belong in our tutoring centers. You belong, you know, everywhere. Um, and so, you know, my, my contact information is on our website. If you have feedback or, you know, questions or comments or anything like that about what we're doing and how we can improve, please let me know. I, my, I'm an open book for that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we want you there. We want to help you. Um, and we, we, we're, we're happier when we're helping people. Awesome. Okay. I wanted to mention, because I stalked you guys a little bit right before we got on our <laughs> podcast recording, I found you on Instagram. So you can follow the Writing Resource Center at CSUBWRC. They do have the Zoom link information for Zoom appointments in their bio. So please go follow them, you know, stock their feed, give them some likes, <laughs> share their Instagram with some people. And uh, we started following you this morning. So I was excited to see you on the ground because so many of our students do follow our programming on social media and it's helpful to them. So anyway, we are going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a series of fire questions. And they're just one word answers, I think maybe except for the last one. So are you ready? I hope so. Okay, here we go. First one, ebooks or paper books? Paper. 
pen or pencil? Pen all the way. Music or silence? I, I'm a big, I, I always have music on and uh, it's, it's, it, it cleanses the soul, kind of like what Erica was talking about with writing. So I'm mm -hmm. a big music all the way. 100%. Chocolate or peanut butter? Both? Can I say both? You can. Like together? Okay, both <laughs> is my answer. <laughs> Veggies or fruit? Veggies. Walking or running? Uh, 20 year old Jacob would have said running, um, but now it's walking because <laughs> okay. my knees hurt. <laughs> carbs or no carbs? Carbs. You gotta, you gotta fuel the body. Yeah. Reading or writing? Not both. Not Reading both. or writing? Uh, uh -oh. they, they feed so much into each other. Uh, right. I would rather read, um, and I'll tell you why with, uh, I have a similar, I have a kinship with Erica where I feel like a lot of my writing kind of takes so much of, 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 it's cathartic. It's a lot of pouring out on the page. So that can be exhausting and reading is more pleasurable for me in that, in that way. Absolutely. Um, okay. Christmas or Halloween? Christmas. I start singing Christmas songs on Halloween. I'm starting <laughs> to about Christmas now. I me too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Random songs are popping up in my head already. I want to start buying decorations right now. <laughs> don't wanna, gift shopping. No. <laughs> I do gift shopping early too. Me too. I don't want to lose anybody, but I would skip right over Halloween just to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for Christmas this year. Okay, last question, and it, it is open-ended. What is your number one, and it's okay to say you have one, writing pet peeve? Semicolons. It's, a, uh, I, um, the, <laughs> I've, uh, I've actually ranted in my friendly rant in my class, uh, is it, there's, they don't do anything for you. Semicolons. I think they, there's, they make you, they, it seems like you're sounding like you're a little bit more advanced and right. they're just used incorrectly more often than not. Um, right. so just don't use them at all. Use a comma, use a period, just avoid the semicolons, please. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Anybody else want to share their writing pet peeve? Erica, Ashley? I feel like the semicolon, but the two dots as well. What no. is that called? Colon. Is that the colon? The colon, I think I use it wrong. So it's become a pet peeve of mine because I don't know when to use it. I'm going to have to go into that Zoom session and learn how to use it. <laughs> That's one of my pet peeves <laughs> for myself in my writing because I don't know how to use it properly. Yeah, I hate taking points off for semicolons, so I just tell them don't use it. Mm -hmm. Erica? Um, I think my pet peeve would be like when the professor really tells you how to write your paper rather than allowing us to kind of have like a free writing I don't like being like dictated yeah. or told what to do and a lot of times I feel like they try to tell me how to write my paper and then I battle myself between what I want to write and what they're telling me to write and then I try adjusting what I am to meet the needs of like okay what would they say in order for me to get a better grade because it's it all depends on who your reader is you know or who your audience is and like it could be an A paper to somebody but a C paper to somebody else so I feel like I'm always mm -hmm. having to adjust myself accordingly to who who my reader is you know, so I don't, my pet peeve would be like having to adjust to what they expect of me rather than allowing me to express myself. Yeah. 
And sometimes it's hard to morph yourself to people because sometimes you don't even know who's going to be reading your essay. So, Like the sea best. That was yep. a mission. And that's me trying to adjust and read outlines and examples of what they want me to do because it's very specific and detailed on what they expect of you. So I know for the sea best that was a struggle for me. So Fun I passed fact. it though. I, I, I got the lowest passing score you can get on the writing section of the CBS. So, so did I. I understand. It's it's a very specific way of thing. And and just to, to, to put the students' minds at ease, um, we will never tell you how to write in the Writing Resource Center. We'll never take that agency away from you. It's a lot of question asking, like, what do you think about this? And like, it's a collaborative effort all the way through. And that's a huge pet peeve. And, and Erica, I, you know, I agree with both of you in kind of like, why why are you who are you going to tell me how to write and you know why it, it feels like it takes something away from you and um i i totally get that yeah i just feel like it takes the personality from the paper and makes it where all of eyes are all of everybody's like papers are synchronized and very similar because we've been told what to write so for me it's like whenever i read somebody else's paper it's so similar to mine because we have been kind of like not dictated but really just i don't know told what to do yeah mm -hmm. There's a standard, there's a standard that we're supposed to let, that it's supposed to look like. Yeah. So there's transitional phrases that they expect us to use throughout the paper. That's why I passed the CBEST. I had to go memorize the transitional phrases of other people rather than me trying to use my own because my own wasn't good enough, it seemed like. That's why I didn't pass it the first time. Maybe we should so do I another- I had to memorize what they wanted. Maybe we should do another podcast with Jacob one of these days and we'll talk about stand standards versus- um, personal style or you know competent writing I don't know like that's a whole that's that's actually yeah whole that would be topic. very interesting yeah. but I would love to do that as well and, and that's another one of my pet peeves is what is what is proper what is the standard and, yeah. and and we I could talk all day about how English is just all over the place anyway and so we're 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 <laughs> You know, it's, I, I'm with you guys on that for sure. It is. That's a whole other talk, but you know what? That might be one worth having because I think if students and faculty and staff had that insight, we might be able to, or that dialogue started, we might be able to have a little bit more appreciation for those different styles and tones that I think we, we want to be expressing ourselves by. So anyway, okay. We have one more segment and this one is every week that we do a podcast, we share a tip trick or pick of the week just something that you're really into or maybe some little piece of advice you want to share with our audience so um i will let you guys start tip trick or pick of the week what's it going to be my pick this week i found a new app it's called my fitness pal and i've been trying to keep it. yeah you use it i've been trying to keep track of what i eat so it's really easy you can like enter and search for food even chick-fil-a's on there oh my gosh i eat chick-fil-a so much but you just log your food and it like tells you how many calories you've eaten so if you're like curious to know all the nutritional facts and stuff i'd use that app it's really great i like it so far it's so good do you it is jacob do you guys use it any kind of wellness app or fitness app my big app right now, because all the gyms are closed and I miss them so dearly, uh, to going back to the gym, uh, the Nike Training Club app is what I've been using. Um, and because I only have at the house resistance bands and a couple pairs of dumbbells. Yeah. And it's got a bunch of routines for stuff like that. And it's not heavy lifting, but it does, you know, get you doing something. And so uh, I that's my that's my fitness app that I've been using. 
I'm gonna have to try that because I also miss the gym. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Erica, tip trick or pick of the week? Um, I have a pick. So I found out like two days ago that anybody this year, no matter the person's age or year that they're born, if you take the year that you're born and you add it to your age that you are this year, it'll be 2020. So every single purple person in the world right now, no matter their age, no matter what year they're born, if you add the year, I mean, if you add the year that you're born to your age, it will equal 2020 for every single person this year. So I thought that was just wild. So like, if you do, like, if you think about it, think about your year you're born, add uh, how old you are. It'll be 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mine does add up to 2020. You said yours did? Uh-huh, it does. Yeah, every, every, everybody in the world will. Everybody's age in the world will add up to 2020. Huh, interesting. Very. Very, very. <laughs> okay, Jacob. Is, side over here, like. Is the Nike training app your tip, trick, or pick of the week, or you have something else you want to share with us? I have a general uh, life tip thing that, uh, that I do with my kids, and I do with my, my students, and I do with everybody, and I think you guys are already doing it. Um, but I, what I tell people is try to make something every day, uh, even if no one else sees it, even if it's just for you, uh, try to make something every single day. Um, you guys are kind of doing that with the podcast. Now you have something that no matter what you can say, yeah, I did that and I made that. And it, it's, it's something to, to kind of make yourself exist, like put yourself out into the world. And my other thing, and this is what I tell my students and, um, don't ever apologize for who you are. Uh, if you have something to say, say it with your chest. Uh, and how that goes in, in my classes is if a student raises their hand and say, I might be wrong, but this thing or, you know, whatever that happens to be, uh, they, they have to restart their sentence with saying, this is what the, ac the actual answer is. Because even if you're wrong, it's, you can come back and, 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 and learn more from it. Um, but mm -hmm. say it with your chest, no matter what. Okay, we're going to borrow those and put them on our Instagram because they're so good. I know. I really like that. And I'm going to carry that into this coming semester with the Zoom meetings and the lectures and everything because it's hard to, like, speak up, especially when you're on screen. But I'm going to remember that you said that. I, I'm glad to hear it. I hope that's the one thing you take away from because <laughs> it, it helps. Your chest, people. Say it with your chest. I yes. love that. It's so good. So good. Okay. I have one um, kind of tip of the week because, and I'll keep my story short. My son moved back to LA two days ago for school. He, they're remote at Loyola, but, but even so he wanted to be in the area because he's trying to get an internship. And I don't know if anyone else is experiencing at this time, transition anxiety, change anxiety, just like feeling like mm -hmm. your feet are not on the ground. Um, and I feel like that in many areas of my life, in the, in the role of a, of a mother, as a mother, I definitely feel that way because my child just went back to school. So what I came home, because I drove four hours back to Vegas because I'm socially distancing in Vegas, um, I was upset, but I was thinking, I just feel like I need to put my feet on the ground. Like I just need to get my feet back underneath me in many areas. And so I came home and I did this kind of practice or exercise and I hadn't researched it, but I just needed to feel physically my feet on the ground. I needed to actually like make contact with my feet, 
maybe talk my heart, my body, my mind through some of this change anxiety that was going on and just feeling a little spun out. And when I physically put my feet in the grass on the ground and took a moment just to center, I began to like physically and emotionally just feel better immediately. And I'll have to research it later. And maybe we can do a podcast about that mind body connection because Erica and the program really, we explore that. We practice that a lot, but just the physical act of putting feet to the ground really helped me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm okay. Everybody is where they should be. And I really had to practice that because I've been a little spun out lately. So, um, anyway, I hope that helps somebody. I don't know if you guys have felt that way recently. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> It's, it's easy to be on cruise control right now. You roll out of yeah. bed, you're at work or at school or whatever. So having some connection with something mm-hmm. bigger is important. We're just going through a lot of changes right now. So for me, that was really helpful. So anyway, I hope that helps anybody listening who may be a little bit, mm, your feet are not quite on the ground right now and not in a positive way. So hopefully that'll help you. Anyway, I wanted to wrap up this podcast, say thank you so much to Jacob for joining us. We really value having you here. You gave us great information, great inspiration, and, and you know, just the opportunity to know that we can relate to you and your staff and your work more directly than maybe some of us thought. So thank you for that, Jacob. Absolutely. And thank you guys for having me. I, I really enjoyed this and it's cool to, to talk to you all. And anytime, hit me up. And I'll be here. Yeah. Absolutely. So again, please follow the CSUB Writing Resource Center at CSUBWRC. We were with Jacob Whitaker, who is the coordinator for the Writing Resource Center. Please follow us at CSUB Guardians. We'd love to see you there. We have information three to five times a week on our programming put forth by Ashley, who is our social media manager. Thank you to Erica. Um, our wellness assistant for being here with us and sharing that with us. And you guys, please be well, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, your family, your loved ones, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Unguarded. Thank you. Thank you.